0: When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't say going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. But well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so oh, it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello everyone in the podcast universe. This is gayish.
1: The podcast that reminds you to buckle up for this dick
0: yeah okay it's like, <laughs> i mean it's good advice either way whether you finished the sentence or not yes yeah. exactly uh i'm mike johnson i'm kyle Getz. we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality and today today in a, this shameless style that you've come to love yeah this is not just a ploy to get houstonians to buy fucking tickets for a fucking live show you dick bags
1: and oh hey lovely listeners we care about you and want you to attend our show because we think it'll be fun for you and all of us
0: yeah i was gonna sing a song about houston but then we'd have to put it on the list and it's bad i don't want it on the list
1: there's a houston song yeah yeah okay
0: but you don't want it if i've talked about it more we have to put it on the list okay
1: okay this is an ominous sure <laughs> yeah we don't have to talk about it. um come out to our houston show gayishpodcast.com live for tickets
0: yeah it's on sunday october 15th at kiki at noon do it
1: do it i want to
0: read some feedback great read some feedback kyle wait first is it gonna make me cry no is it gonna make you cry
1: no no one's no one needs to cry about this one
0: then i'm out i don't want it. okay
1: Okay. you can tune out you can sing your (laughs) houston song to yourself while i read this uh this was on our discord Oh, just finished this latest episode while making breakfast. Great episode as always. This is uh, about the circuit party episode yeah. and shockingly relevant. As I just went to my first circuit event this weekend, Hmm. I shared a lot of the hangups that were expressed about these events, but I honestly had the best time ever. It might've just been the party I went to Arizona only has so many options, but the folks there were diverse. The events were a blast and I got to really revel in being queer for a weekend. Hmm. Anyway, thanks for another great episode. Y'all. Oh, and we got this. Oh, that was from fuck me. Uh, Gary, gay Arizona. I don't know how to say gay Arizona. Great. And uh, we got that feedback in nicer and meaner ways of people expressing that, that the, that we, you know, have a lot of hangups about, about the events and there are events that are welcoming and accepting and would totally be fine for us to attend. And we wouldn't feel as alienated, I think, as we feared.
0: I also got more than one person who DM'd me to let me know that they were in the eleven percent that goes for the booze, not for the drugs. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> like great. That's fine. Like I don't know, you know, you can do whatever you want to. You don't <laughs> I don't, I felt like they were maybe trying to justify things or like like were we judgy about it? I don't know. Like <laughs> uh we were a little judgy on circuit gaze. All right um that's it nope no uh
1: national coming out day is oh, well, October. son of a
0: bitch i was just moving that in my notes i was like well maybe we can talk about it later oh <sighs> come out come out wherever you are
1: yeah wait young why listener. were you going to talk about it later were you going to talk about the news or something
0: well because there's a section in my template that says calls to action and that's at the end of the show but like this part of the show we talk about whatever we want to it's fine, Kyle. Just okay,
1: <laughs> okay. Um, it's national coming out day, October eleventh. So if you haven't come out and want to, this is a fun time to do it. Uh, and if you're already out, it's a good time to celebrate being out. And if you're not ready to come out, that's okay too. So it's a time for anyone to celebrate, no matter where you're at.
0: Yep, yep. I want to. I want to reiterate. Everybody has the right to come out in the time, place, and manner of their own choosing, and. There's a national holiday around coming out. If you needed that little extra oomph to get that hiney out of the closet, Mm -hmm. here's, here's here's your push. But also, if it's not safe to or you're not ready yet, that's totally valid, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I send
0: a message to my team every year saying just how fucking gay I am and thanking them for letting me be out at work. Oh, that's really sweet of you everyone should do that. It makes you a good person.
1: Yeah, that's a great that's a great <laughs> idea. Okay, now the
0: news. Now the news. Shut your mouth, hole, it's time for your ear holes news. 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 Okay, Kyle. Okay, Mike. News the first. Great. Okay, Catherine Levy, 37 years old, on this last Thursday pleaded guilty to one count of making a false bomb threat. And one count of intentionally conveying false or misleading information that a bomb was on the way to the hospital. (laughs) To the Um, hospital? Yep. She found out that Boston Children's Hospital provided gender-affirming care to trans youth. And uh, she was convinced that that meant that they were doing genital surgery on babies and uh, sent them a message saying, quote, There's a bomb on the way to the hospital. You better evacuate everybody, you sickos. Oh, not a text message. This was a phone call. So the hospital was locked down. A bomb squad was dispatched. Of course, no explosive devices were found because, like, they're way more interested in making noise than action, I think. But uh, authorities then were very quickly able to trace the call to a phone subscribed in her name, and established that the phone's GPS indicated that it was in her home at the time that the telephone call was made. And, uh, yeah, so they they searched the place, found the phone. She had an a, a interview with law enforcement at the time. And she said, yeah, Boston Children's Hospital, those fucking sickos. They're doing it, surgeries on babies. Uh, like, it's just, oh, my God.
1: Well, OK, they're doing surgeries on babies and that's called circumcision. So if you're worried about <laughs> surgeries on babies, let's start there, but you're are The sickos. You're the one that called in a bomb threat on a children's hospital. Jesus Christ,
0: yeah. man. Yep. Yep. It's just so, Oh my God. D- it's not happening. Like, I don't yeah. understand. Like there are so many actual problems that we could be focusing our time and attention on that are not this made up horse shit. Yeah. And like, and, and again, I go back and forth on this, even if it were true, it's not just because this little girl wakes up one day and says, I want a penis now. Like, and then they just do it with no, like, like it's a team of doctors and psychiatrists and like they involve the parents and it's gotta be, it's not just the capriciousness of a child. And this, anyway and and it's not happening that's like that's the other thing
1: Like, it's it's something that it (sighs) would it sounds scary and so i could imagine someone being worried about it and then you look into it for a second and you learn it's not and then you get to stop there like be yes be worried about the potential dangers that may befall children of all kinds let's all be worried about and care about children
0: yeah i don't care that much good okay there's, there's okay or we don't care but about kids care.
1: they can fend for themselves <laughs> whatever
0: <laughs> no yeah you're right you're super right uh well she faces up to 15 years in prison and a fine of $500,000 if she's convicted on both counts and uh given that it's boston and super ass liberal the chances of that are pretty good i think
1: good yeah
0: anyway news the second yeah Uh, The Trevor Project has named their Suicide Prevention Advocate of the Year and has selected this year Dylan Mulvaney.
1: Yay!
0: Yay! She's the reason I drink Bud Light now. Um, with (laughs) with, With her Days of Girlhood series of videos on TikTok, which has amassed over a billion views, the Trevor Project says that she has, quote, emerged as a beacon of trans joy positivity and inspiration for the lgbtq community um and uh, like i alluded to just a moment ago uh she's gotten a lot of hate from anti-trans forces because she promoted bud light beer so yeah but light needed to be canceled i guess i i legit i mean i'm doing keto now again kyle so i'm not drinking a lot of beer but when i was drinking beer until very recently i legit would like look for bud light and have one just because somebody's got it reward that behavior yeah yeah how'd
1: that bud light taste mike it's so bad <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
0: I hate it so much yeah. but i but I, you I, were you know, supporting them yeah exactly right it, it was is it was anti anti bigot bud light yeah Tastes, Which, tastes delicious mm-hmm. ins, inside my soul.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> your tongue hated it, but your soul loved it.
0: <laughs> uh, Kevin Wong, who's the Senior Vice President of Marketing, Communications, and Content at the Trevor Project, said, quote, In a world where LGBTQ young people too often face adversity and discrimination, Dylan Mulvaney stands as a source of light and hope, reminding us that there is strength in unity and power in vulnerability. Dylan is an exemplary possibility model for LGBTQ young people to envision a world for themselves where they can be happy, successful, and thrive openly and authentically. Oh! Uh, apparently, she raised nearly $200,000 for the Trevor Project with her day 365 live cabaret performance. Don't know what that is, but it sounds exhausting. Um <laughs> Uh, but she it was all a days of girlhood series that she did that celebrated her transition. And uh yeah, she just seems she just seems really great and she's adorable.
1: Yeah, good for her for doing all that work and being out and open and visible and she's dealt with a lot of flack and shit so you know. Yeah. Awesome to have people like that out. Yep.
0: And like we need to like I wish that we could get more mileage, actually, more traction, not mileage. But I th- wish we could get more traction out of the truth that to be anti-trans is killing kids because mm. they will harm, harm themselves and, and commit suicide in an unsupportive environment. Like, it I just don't, like, regardless of how you feel in your heart about whether you understand it or support it, you can't get around the fact that it it is it directly causes suicide so like yeah. at the very least shut the fuck up yeah if not get on board and be helpful
1: yeah they don't care about that they just care about what god says and god apparently does not care about children i guess i don't know
0: yeah um okay news the last great u.s senator diane feinstein of california has died at age 90 and um she's been a champion of LGBTQ plus equality with a couple of exceptions that I'm going to go into. I think it's important to not just, you know, make her a savior, but, uh, some things I did not know about Dianne Feinstein. She was a member of the San Francisco board of supervisors at the time that Harvey Milk was assassinated. Yeah. I didn't realize that either. And apparently she's the one that found his body. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, but she, she started in 1969 And uh, was on the board in 1978 when that board passed the most far-reaching gay rights ordinance in the nation, at least at at, at the time. She became acting mayor in November of 1978 when Mayor George Moscone was assassinated along with Supervisor Harvey Milk. Uh, She was the one who found Milk's body and the one who announced their deaths to the public as acting mayor. Uh, She referred to that day as, quote, one of the darkest of my life. She said that she regretted that she hadn't been able to do something to stop Dan White, who was the shooter. He was oh. the one that used the Twinkie defense, yeah. uh, as as you, you may recall. He resigned from the board of supervisors, but changed his mind and wanted his position back. But the mayor had already appointed someone else. Um, and And she wanted to explain that decision to him, but never got the chance. She sort of felt that maybe he could be reasoned with, which hmm. I don't know, maybe seems like survivor's guilt to me uh she was mayor of San Francisco and and uh, uh in 1982 vetoed an ordinance that would have allowed unmarried couples to register their domestic partnerships and, and extended spousal benefits to the same sex partners of city employees um she said later that she didn't oppose the concept at all but that she just thought it was a really shitty shittily that's not a word poorly <laughs> written law gotcha and uh, uh San Francisco eventually got there and adopted a very similar ordinance in 1989 she ordered the city's bathhouses house, bath to be closed uh, during the HIV crisis, which is pretty controversial yeah. and, and, and stigmatizing.
1: We talked about that on the episode about San Francisco.
0: Yeah, I just didn't. I get and I didn't connect the dots until she died that it was that it was her. Like when we're like the mayor of San Francisco, blah blah blah. Like that was Dianne Feinstein was. Yeah. <laughs> what that was doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But she was elected to the Senate in 1992. She's the longest serving woman in the history of the Senate. Uh, She was only one of 14 senators that voted against DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act. She favored civil unions publicly instead of full marriage equality. But that was something that even fucking Barack Obama did. Like, like just things have moved so quickly. You sort of had to politically toe the line of saying everything but marriage if you were a Democrat. Yeah. Um, Um, I don't believe for a second that she was, like, not actually on board. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, totally. Uh, She spoke against California's Prop 8 in 2008, which would have uh, amended their state constitution to revoke marriage equality. And she also introduced legislation in Congress to repeal DOMA uh, in 2011. And uh, she also introduced the newest version of the Respect for Marriage Act, which makes marriage equality still U.S. law, even if the Supreme Court reverses Obergefell v. Hodges. um, So that actually, if the Supreme Court continues its crazy fucking ridiculous trend of overturning uh, rights for for queer people and women, people of color, who knows, um, at least marriage equality will stick around. Congress can undo that law, but it won't automatically go back to no gay marriage uh, in 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 this country.
1: That's kind of nice that there's a little bit of a safety net. <laughs> I didn't realize that. A little that. bit of one, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she supports the um, or supported the Employment Non Discrimination Act, the Equality Act, Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act. Uh, she supported the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Um, She just, you know, except for maybe the bathhouses thing and not being as vocal about supporting marriage equality as she maybe could have been, she's been just an absolute lion for gay people in, in the United States Senate. Yeah. And I, I hope that her, her health issues and the calls for her to resign because she clearly was on the struggle bus for the last couple of years <laughs> don't tarnish that uh reputation or legacy yeah uh but but thanks diane you're you'll, you'll be missed thanks big d that's the news <laughs> big d's what we always call her we always call it, We in the community
1: always call her Big d. um speaking of other people with big d's i want to thank the following patreon members gary oh gary
0: dollars kyle
1: stands for big dollars <laughs> thank you to gary for having a single easy name that's even i couldn't fuck up thanks gary Thank you to Jacob Mundell. <gasps> Hi, Jacob. Oh, we know that bitch. Yeah. Uh thank you to Patrick. Oh, another name I'm not fucking up. I'm under, like, like from, from from SpongeBob, maybe? Yep, from SpongeBob. <laughs> under the sea. Carlos Calderon and okay. Roman Alexander. Oh. Oh.
0: That seems redundant, right?
1: What? <laughs> Oh okay. no! He was
0: Greek. Never mind. I get, fine.
1: <laughs> Got it. Got it. I got you. I'm with you now. Um. Thank you to all of our Patreon members. I don't know if we say this. We use Patreon funds to do things like have uh, Derek, our producer. We do things like buy equipment. We do our live show tour because of it. So we couldn't do all the things that we do without your support. So thank you so much. If you want to support us, go to Patreon.com/slash/GayishPodcast.
0: Also, speaking of Derek, it's his birthday. Send him gifts and or bring them with you to the show in Houston and give them to him in person.
1: Yeah, we have our P.O. box on gayishpodcast.com slash contact.
0: Yeah, do it. Do you want to talk about Houston? No. Okay. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. (laughs) let's talk about houston you're from houston kyle you're from katie but it's houston
1: yeah it's the suburbs of houston yeah
0: do you do you claim houston
1: whenever i talk to people that are not from texas i say houston just because like who's gonna know the names of suburbs but if if i am talking to someone who's actually from texas i will say katie because people will know where that is
0: yeah okay all right well uh, i am going to talk to you about the history of houston okay just a just, just a couple of little things though. Okay. Uh, not, not, not too much. Well, okay. So, f- so first some stuff about Houston though, that I thought was like, m- at least mildly interesting. It is the fourth most populous city in the U.S. I S I don't, I, I knew it was up there, but I wouldn't have said fourth.
1: Oh yeah. I probably like, would
0: have. That's a big ass city. It's a big ass city. New York, LA and Chicago are the only ones with more people in, mm. in this country. Let's see. It is also, uh, like physically large it's not just populous but it is spread out as fuck it's 640 square miles so it actually has a really low population density comparatively speaking which i yeah I, I thought I, there's yeah, tons of space like
1: housing that's why housing is cheaper and yeah there's just like yeah you have to have a car this i
0: i hate it <laughs> <laughs> don't tell um, la but it's also why, why, why i hate la it's the same it's the same thing. I'm mm. just like so spread out. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't hate LA. Do you? I have fun every time I'm there. Oh, good. But I would not want to live there. Yeah. Same. Um, Okay. So the history of Houston, Kyle. Do you, do you know about the history of Houston? Absolutely not. I think this story is hilarious. Okay. So basically there were these brothers and they were named John Kirby Allen and Augustus Chapman Allen. And they were a couple of entrepreneurs that bought a bunch of land where these two bayous came together. So they they legit were looking for a place to found a town which the, like shit that can't happen now right you can't just like go wandering around in 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 the prairie looking for places to start your own city but that's what these two motherfuckers did <laughs> and uh on august 26th of 1836 they bought a bunch of land from elizabeth e Parrott, who a a, a bunch of well, a bunch of land they paid five thousand dollars total Uh, but only a thousand of it was cash. The rest was a loan. And then they're like, how do we make this town amazing? I know let's try to make it the capital of Texas because then Texas was still its own country, the Republic of Texas and their plan to make it the capital of Texas when it was being, being arranged uh, was to name it Houston after Sam Houston, Sam Houston was the uh uh he basically made the the Texas Revolution happen right like like Texas gained its independence from Mexico uh, remember the Alamo blah 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 <laughs> but what's interesting about that to me is so, a couple of things first Sam Houston is like George Washington to Texas in yeah. that like lots of like myths and don't talk bad about him if you don't want to get punched like just weird godlike sort of stuff about, about him. Also he was still alive. So they're <laughs> like their, their plan was let's name this town after this dude that everyone loves who still exists. And because just like Washington DC is named Washington for George Washington because there's this like legendary myth of a person that's got to work, right? Well, uh, uh, so it sort of did. So there were there were 12 <laughs> people that lived in Houston in 1837. They named it Houston, said, move the capital here, please. And because they had named it Houston and were using basically this man's fame to accomplish that, they had 1500 people moved there in in six months.
1: Wow. I'm starting a little city and I'm going to call it Taylor. <laughs>
0: after taylor swift
1: after taylor swift and so we'll all move or should i name it swift what's the better city name taylor or swift
0: i think probably swift if only because there's a lot of famous taylors there's
1: a like people people might think
0: that yeah yeah
1: taylor i can't think of literally any other taylors but
0: okay i was thinking like the president taylor but anyway it's fun. oh
1: yeah famous famous celebrities president taylor um yeah i'm gonna start a city named swift and we're all gonna move there because her tour is doing so good
0: but we gotta buy the land first so that we're the motherfuckers that get rich off of That's everybody m- moving to this this town anyway okay
1: patreon.com so, slash gayish podcast
0: right, yeah we're gonna buy a town everybody <laughs> you can move there it's gonna be gay as fuck <laughs> okay so so they did all of this by running ads. Um, the, the the Telegraph and the Texas Register, uh, especially in um, uh, the city of Galveston, but also in in other, in other parts of Texas, saying like, "Come suck Sam Houston's dick by living in the town he's named <laughs> for," kind of thing. So let's see, blah, blah, blah There's a history of of enslaving people that's not great in Texas's history, and and Houston's history is not immune to that, unfortunately. Um, but so. So they were they were they they succeeded, though, in 1837, um, uh, the Texas Congress convened in Houston as the new capital of the People's Republic of Texas. And Mm. so that whole scheme worked. So what I what I want to what I want to what I want to talk about a little bit, though, is this John Kirby Allen guy, one of the two brothers, probably gay. (gasps) The, the, The reason I say that is because like a lot of history. He has the sentence in his bio, quote, he never married. Yeah, it's Which, what I was uh,
1: thinking. Okay. He never married. That's the sentence. Yeah. Or lifelong bachelor is always the sentence. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. So uh, his brother was married. His brother, um, there was some like shady shit going on with his wife's estate, I guess, that doesn't make a whole ton of sense. His brother, Augustus, because sh- she died and he got an inheritance, and that was part of what they bought the land for Houston with anyway, I I'm starting, I'm, I'm putting it out there in the universe that like one of the two main founders of Houston, one of the Allen brothers was a homosexual cause he, he never married. Interesting. Um, so let's see just two years later in 1839, uh, there was a yellow fever fever epidemic that killed one in eight people living in Houston Holy shit. and, uh, they moved the capital to Austin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah.
0: it was the capital of texas for two years and then and then they moved they moved it to austin i didn't realize that yeah ta-da there you go <laughs> um yeah that's that's really all i wanted to talk about uh right now like history wise i just thought it was really interesting that there was a potential homosexual that started houston
1: yeah yeah did um, they say anything about like cavorting with men at the nighttime or
0: no not not that i've
1: associated with some some other dude mm,
0: well, so they did have there was a group of entrepreneurs from Nagadoches that got together and I don't know if they were in bed together just like financially or actually in bed together.
1: But
0: <laughs> he did convince a bunch of dudes that they needed to invest in Houston. Ooh, let's see. He did have a partner, a business partner, James <gasps> Pinckney Henderson. Boyfriend. Boyfriend we could we could totally we could totally start that rumor uh he was married to a woman named francis cox and they had a bunch of kids so oh. maybe 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 not but who knows being being married doesn't make you not gay kyle
1: that's true that is true
0: the other things that i did want to say though uh about about houston houston has a bunch of nicknames and i don't know if any of them like have you ever heard it called bayou city or do you call it bayou city
1: i've heard it called bayou city i was gonna when you said it was by two bayous i was gonna say bayou city but i, I should have
0: uh or space city
1: i don't think i've heard that one i mean nasa's there so that's cool
0: yeah nasa's there which like god it's got to be a lot of smart people down there uh the 713 which i assume is the area code yeah but is it like seattle where like there's actually more than one area code but like that's the og area code that people like you're fancier if you have a 206 number
1: Oh, prob- I don't know the implications of a 713. I know that is one of the area codes, though. But Houston's so big nowadays. There must be a million these days.
0: And at least according to Wikipedia, they call it H-Town. H-Town. Yeah. Which, that seems harder. My, ma- It's harder for my mouth to make those sounds than <laughs> Houston. H-Town.
1: But it sounds so cool.
0: H-Town. No, I hate it. <laughs> And then, and then uh, uh, I'll I'll end with just like a little a little bit of weather history, Kyle. I'm interested oh. in your mosquitoes. Your, uh, like like a, yeah, it's <laughs> not really a weather system.
1: I know. Yeah, it feels like it sometimes.
0: <laughs> uh, true or false? It snows in Houston sometimes.
1: <laughs> it hat well. It's it has snowed in Katy. I remember when I was a kid, we were doing our Christmas play, and then it started snowing when we finished our last song. And so we were all like wearing these mittens and hats, which you would never need. We, it was for the show. Cause you wouldn't, yeah. you would never need mittens in Houston and it started snowing and we all ran outside and it was real exciting. And then it like, it's the little kind of snow that melts on the ground. Yeah. So it okay. doesn't even stick around, but yes, it has snowed there before.
0: Now this is really interesting to me. I think it's interesting anyway, from 1895 to 2018. How many times did it ever snow? oh god how many times was there measurable snowfall in those 123 years
1: (laughs) um five
0: (laughs) it's a it's a great guess it's only only 38 times Hmm. but like that's just that's just wild to me like yeah it's it's it snows it snows in seattle like basically every Every year at least once a couple years yeah but uh, on uh, February 14th and 15th, 1895, apparently Houston received 20 inches of snow, which is the largest snowfall from one storm that has ever happened. Um, wow. And I can't even imagine, like in my mind, because it never snows in Houston, if it is going to threaten to snow, the whole city goes no fucking panic and people run for the grocery stores and they close schools and shit. Yeah. They, they can't even handle Flakes of snow that immediately melt, much less twenty ass inches. Oh my god.
1: There's one time in when I was going to school in Austin, um, it like iced over and we couldn't deal with ice. Everything shut down because like we didn't have the tools to deal with icy yeah. shit. So yeah, hmm. there's no way we'd have the tools to deal with 20 inches of snow. I guess that's it. That's good. Okay. Then I'm gonna tell you about the LGBT kind of consensus of
0: Houston. Great. Okay.
1: Um, so this, this is, is Gata. this is Gata. Yes. Um, this is back to our old reliable Williams Institute, which is the public policy research Institute based out of UCLA school of law, focused on sexual orientation and gender identity issues. And, um, this is the same thing I used for, I think it was the LA show that we did or what? I don't know. Anyway. It's the same data that I've used before, but I wanted to talk about it for Houston. So there is both the raw number of gay people, so raw, so gay, <laughs> and there is the percentage of gay people that are in Houston. So in the top ten list, we got like number one, New York. Oh, that's where I use I use the state for the New York. Doesn't matter. New York, number one in terms of the raw number of gay people. LA is number two. Chicago's number three. It's interesting. You mentioned the top three or the top cities in population. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Houston is not number four. Oh, really? <laughs> it's not number five. It's not even number 10. It is number 11 in terms of the number of people of gay
0: people. That's really interesting. Yeah. Where are they all instead?
1: (laughs) Well, Dallas has a higher number. So um, New York, just for reference, New York, the number one city has 700,000 LGBT, I should be saying LGBT people. Uh, Dallas is number six with 211,000. Wait, Kyle, did I pick the wrong Texas city for our tour? Yes. (laughs) Oh, no. Houston is number 11 with 170,000. Okay. So Dallas is way more gay than Houston. That's a
0: lot of homosexuals.
1: That is, that is plenty of homos. I will give you that in terms of the percentage. Number one, San Francisco, number two, Portland, number three is Austin. Oh, wow. So Austin has 5.9% of LGBT people based on the metro area. This is all metro areas. So it's pretty inclusive. Um, Seattle's number four, LA's number five. Houston doesn't even rank in the top twenty-five cities. Whoa! Houston has three point five percent LGBT people.
0: Okay, okay. I mean that. Okay, that that tells me though that like there's a pretty narrow range, right? It's not like it's one percent. Like it's it's there's just a long tail there or whatever. Like there's some super gay ass cities, and then like everybody else is kind of like pretty gay, but but I
1: don't know. It's when you compare it to like the top five, all has 5% or more people. Yeah. I don't know. So Houston doesn't rank among the top 25, uh, but uh, DFW has 4% gay people. San Antonio has 4.4%. Hmm. Yeah. Austin had 5.9% gay people. So uh, it looks to me like Houston is actually not that gay considering it is the fourth largest city. Like considering how big it is, it is not as gay as it should be, I guess is what I'm saying. I wonder why. I wonder why. It's because it's conservative. It's a lot of oil and gas Mm -hmm. um, companies that are there. I think it's like... uh, it's a kind of a shitty place to live. I'm from there, so I'm allowed to say that I think. I don't I didn't love it's like humid. I don't know. I didn't love living in I never actually lived in Houston City proper. So I'm I guess I'm just talking about my experience in the suburbs of Houston.
0: Be so, sure to shit on Houston and piss them off right before our show there. Come Kyle. on out to our show, everybody.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a really conservative Especially compared to places, I mean, for sure compared to Austin, but even compared to Dallas, like compared to other cities, it's just a really conservative place to be.
0: Okay. I wonder if there's also like New Orleans is pretty close. Austin hmm. is pretty close. Like there's a, there, there's this phenomenon we've seen before of like, there are some cities that become the gay one just again, because we've decided that is the gay one. And that turns into a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And And it it creates like a rainbow drain in a, in a region. A rainbow
1: drain. Wow. That's what I call my butthole.
0: (laughs) Just goes in there and goes away. Never comes Um, (laughs) out. Atlanta gets uh, that sort of reputation, right? That like, there's no gay people for this huge ass radius around Atlanta.
1: Huh? I had not write Atlanta down on my list. We'll have to do an episode on Atlanta and we'll find out what its percentage is.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, uh, talking about numbers and whatnot for the Patreon segment, I'm going to talk to you about the Municipal Equality Index, which is uh, the Human Rights Campaign uh, (HRC) has like a whole system for like rating how how good at gay shit cities are. So I was going to, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you about that. Okay. And tell you where Houston sits.
1: Oh, I'm really curious how good they are at gay shit, especially knowing that they are a smaller percentage of gay people than I would expect given the population. I wonder how they fare in uh, in gay equality.
0: Yeah. Spoiler alert. It's a number. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what do you want to do next? Should I tell you about a celebrity that's from there? Um, no. Okay.
0: I'm going to tell you about the Wagon Wheel. Okay. I don't know what that is. The Wagon Wheel. I wish, I wish, I wish we could have gone, Kyle.
1: What's the Wagon Wheel?
0: It was a bar that opened in 1936. So let's think about that. This is before World War II. This is just, that's the zone right after Prohibition. And it was branded as the Wagon Wheel Nightclub and I have a flyer I'll send it to Derek maybe so he can do like social media stuff with it but it says the Wagon Wheel Nightclub Airline Road at Little York unique rendezvous featuring female impersonators of distinction
1: <gasps>
0: it was a drag bar so there was oh. a, Houston had a, a drag queen bar in 1936
1: wow uh,
0: they said it was they used the branding a unique rendezvous for stay uppers which i i don't know i has something to do with math, maybe <laughs> uh, um but uh dave gold and his group of female impersonators of distinction featuring murray pickford male sally rand i don't know what that means mickey dale uh, an exotic dancer dot williams as modern hula johnny Kay as slave of fashion that's a problem um mm-hmm. lee nori cyclone of dance gene lane as strip Alaminsky. And Golden Divine, sweet singer of songs. And Del Leroy, Houston's own boy stylist. And Pete Van and his Playboy band. They, uh, the Houstonian ran an article on them in 1937 that said uh, the Wagon Wheel nightclub located four and a half miles from North Main on the Airline Road at Little York is featuring Daisy Gold in his sensational gay boy review, which is proving quite popular with nightclub followers. Since mm. there are no nightclubs with floor shows left in Houston, the Wagon Wheel has been playing to capacity crowds. Dave Beckerman, former manager of the club Casanova, operates this nightclub. Three floor shows are held nightly and a cordial invitation is extended to the public by manager, Dave Beckerman who promises something different. So it, it, it's just, it's just wild to me that like, I, I, that we this keeps coming up over and over again. Gay people did not spring out of the earth at Stonewall. Like right, right. Th- there, there was not just underground queer shit happening. There was overt in your face, queer shit happening all over the place including houston fucking texas in 1936
1: yeah and you've also said that it also gay shit didn't just come from new york city like there are plenty of other places that were super gay and it's not just it wasn't just stonewall and it wasn't just in new york or in san francisco it was other places too
0: yep yep yeah so and houston houston had all these drag queens so the the but That doesn't mean it was necessarily great. So uh, there was a grand jury that was convened in 1938 (gasps) to study the wagon wheel. I didn't know they could summon grand juries to do that. I, uh, May 1938, the Houston Press says, uh, a grand jury will turn its attention tomorrow to the type of entertainment being presented at the Wagon Wheel nightclub. Quote, I'll call it to the attention of the grand jury, Mr. McFall said, who's the foreman uh, uh, of, of the jury. Uh, this club uh, specializes in female impersonators who sing lewd songs and do obscene dances. I'm strong for stopping that stuff, Mr. McFall said. Mm-hmm. So then... Turns out in June 10th, 1938, someone lit it on fire. (gasps) Uh, The Wagon Wheel nightclub was destroyed in a fire on the Dallas-Houston Highway last night and caused damages estimated at $19,000. It is blamed on arson. And um, uh, they police believe that it was set by two men who were seen to run from the building 15 minutes before the blaze was discovered and then all of those drag queens that were playing there started appearing at other clubs in other towns corpus christi in particular apparently oh. like got a bunch of those drag queens cuz a lot of the same names appear in the flyers for for these other places east liverpool ohio uh, one of them ended up there but they just like scattered to the winds and like i, I don't know maybe that's why houston's not a gay town maybe like huh. you know I don't know how long it takes to recover from that kind of a that kind of a incident but yeah, yeah like f- f- there's there's a narrative where they their their happy gay drag queen club got burnt to the ground so they all scattered to the winds and made other cities gayer instead.
1: Hmm. There's also this kind of thing that it seems like it's a similar thing to what happens today is someone makes this big public show of investigating or putting gay people on trial and that then riles up the base of some group. And then they do the horrible shitty thing that, that is, that was, you know, it just kind of riles up that group and that's, what caused them to care about this place and burn it down
0: yeah and then how do you how do you like prove it's like january 6th and the right at the capitol right like when when donald trump is like you got to show up and you got to fight like hell and then a bunch of people go there and like break all of the glass and and try to kill a police officer is he is he responsible for that right yeah. like is 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 a bunch of it's this foreman, this investigator who's like grand jury, we got to run these sickos out of town. And then they burn their club down. Is that his fault? I, maybe, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's hard. And the same thing is happening with trans people now.
1: Right? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. W- what is the, and I mean, I guess nowadays I do blame it on the politicians that are pushing this narrative. So yeah, I guess they are at fault if they say that, or oh, that, that, Putting together a grand jury for this club sounds like that the what we would call today just asking questions. <laughs> right. You know, right. like, yeah. Oh, no, we were just investigating to see if there was any wrongdoing. That seems like, well, we were just asking the question.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, the the last thing that I wanted to, to to tell you about this, this whole thing is Houston. <laughs> find this girl named Madge Morris for walking down the street dressed in man's garb. Oh, she played guilty, uh and and uh the quote the policeman Bass and Spradley arrested her Sunday night in the fourth ward. The officers noticed a rather quote dudish young fellow, they told the judge, <laughs> uh, uh sauntering down a street, and when he was asked to lift his hat a bunch of hair revealed that he was a woman. Uh, She told the officers that she had been attired in the garb, but a few minutes when arrested and they find her $12 and 45 cents, which this was in 1912, uh, which is about $300 today.
1: Wow. You always hear about the opposite, like men wearing women's clothes. Like, you know, I imagine drag Queens, but the opposite happened. That's interesting.
0: Yep. Yep. Anyway, that's just some, that's some gay ass shit. I just, the wagon wheel sounds like it was amazing. Like yeah. there's all of these, these pictures of these drag queens. If you want to see what drag queens from the thirties look like, there's this flyer. Like I said, I just sent it to Derek and um, they, it it sounds like what drag queens do today. Like they were singing songs and telling jokes and being nasty. And <laughs> um, I, I wish, I wish I could just like go one night when it was its heyday and, and see, you know, what, what is the, what's the same and and, and what's changed.
1: Yeah. That'd be interesting. Huh? That's cool. That existed.
0: Yeah. Sorry. It got burnt down.
1: (laughs) Speaking of things that are fun and exist. Yeah, sure. Celebrities.
0: uh, Are you going to talk about Beyonce? (laughs) Yeah. Are you really? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, what, what, what gay celebrities do I know are from Houston? And yep. Okay, great.
1: Beyonce said, in the song run the world girls 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 (laughs) boy this beat is crazy this is how they made me houston texas baby she uh is often mentions houston or the third ward in her songs she reminds us that she is from houston and she is a gay ass celebrity
0: yeah well she's not gay ass but gay asses love her
1: Gay asses love her. So many asses that are so gay love her. I read about her Renaissance tour in an article uh, on Pitchfork. And this is, you know, this and Taylor Swift are like the biggest tours right now. These tickets, gays were waiting, you know, the second the tickets came out to buy these tickets. And I see even more gays, I think, for Beyonce, like putting together outfits and wearing like you know, black and sparkly shit to her concert. Um, Do you see, you're shaking your head. Do you see this as well? People? Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I think maybe the outfits are my favorite. Mm. Like, like people go all fucking out and yeah. I just, I love me some good people watching.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Pitchfork says her vehement demand for joy as an intervention was on full display about the concert, which hmm. Um, I think it's it's referencing the fact that these days and especially for LGBT people, maybe that's my own view. There's a lot of like hardship and rough stuff going out in the world. And so it is injecting this sense of joy and and power into the world, which I think is great. Her. Have you seen this? Her 11 year old daughter, Blue Ivy, dances behind beside her in the song My Power and, and Black Parade.
0: No, but that sounds adorable as fuck.
1: She's okay at dancing.
0: Oh, great. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I mean better dancer than me so i'll better, give her is that
0: she, is she better than ariana grande who cannot dance
1: uh you know i think she could take ariana grande <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i love your theory that ariana grande can't dance. what she just kind of wiggles her hands around
0: a little bit it's it's not a theory i have solid evidence that i'm okay. happy to share with anyone who wants to go down this rabbit hole with me is,
1: is it the video rain on me yes yes <laughs> <laughs> she can jump and other
0: th- uh, and uh, well, she does a good job of jumping to the beat of the music. That's mm-hmm. true.
1: That's, I mean, to be fair, that's how I dance, you know,
0: <laughs> it's a good, it's a good one. Yeah, it's good. I don't know what to do with my body. So I'm just going to jump up and down.
1: <laughs> I'd rather be drunk, but at least I'm alive. Right. Um, In her uh, Renaissance tour, dancers and performers include people who are non-binary trans plus size and apparently, in the case of a trumpeter for her famous all woman band, pregnant. <gasps> so it sounds like she's doing a good job of incorporating a variety of different kinds of people in her, you know, in the casting and the performance of her shows. Uh, this pitchwork article talked about how she let Vogers Vogue. So people like Darius Hickman, Carlos Basquiat, and Honey Balenciaga. Uh, allowed them to express the beauty of voguing uh, mm. apparently during the show, which I did not realize that, that they did that during the show, which is awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Plus, it's like, it's less exploitative because she's not white. Like Madonna was when she stole voguing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And apparently the day before the show that this pitchfork writer went to O'Shea Sibley was murdered and, um, that was the murder that took place because O'Shea was dancing to Beyonce
0: at the gas station. Yeah.
1: And, uh, apparently the, uh, yeah, at the gas station. So that was kind of a, a defining moment that then made the, the Renaissance show, I think all the more meaningful that happened the day after. Yeah. But something I wanted to talk about is I feel like Taylor Swift gets so much of the credit for having the biggest tour of the, of the moment. I always see Taylor Swift come up as like, this is the biggest tour. This is who's hot right now. The era's tour, blah, blah, blah. And I don't see Beyonce show up as much.
0: Hmm. Do you Hmm. feel
1: the same way about their tours?
0: Yes, I do. And I also think, um, it's weird to me. Like who has the biggest concerts? Like that's don't concerts sell out all the time. And then it's really just a question of venue. Like, I, I, mm. I don't know. It, yeah. It's we've weird. sold
1: out shows too.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's just, it's just weird to me. Like, yeah. Uh, and like when, when she was in Seattle recently, she played uh, whatever, whatever, arena was the football the football field what's our football the, field called now lumen, lumen? Quest? are you talking about
1: beyonce or taylor swift
0: taylor swift mm. and like oh it's the biggest concert that it's ever ever happened 80 something thousand people or whatever the fuck and then like the next week it was like but ed sheeran beat her by like four people or whatever oh did he really was, yeah that yeah there was an article about that i'm i'm like bfd why are we let's work on the climate you know <laughs>
1: Oh, you mean Climate Pledge Arena that we have here in Seattle? That's going to fix the climate, right?
0: Yep. Yep. Thanks, Um, Jeff Bezos, for doing almost nothing.
1: For doing nothing and naming a stadium the (laughs) dumbest name that has ever been named. We have a stadium called Climate Pledge Arena, and it is about Amazon's pledge to help fix the climate or whatever. I don't know what they're actually doing, but...
0: Yep. Yep. I still call it Key Arena.
1: I... I don't know what to, I just call them those two places. Yeah. Um, I had to go to a baseball game not too long ago. I had to look up like, where does baseball happen? So that I could go to the right <laughs> stadium. Um, why don't you, you don't care about concerts then? You don't care about how big concerts are? Or?
0: I I mean, I, <sighs> no, I don't care. I guess, I guess I don't care. Like, first of all, if you were at anywhere with 80,000 people, you, y- you probably not having fun like
1: <laughs> what you, you mean? you're
0: going to be you're going to be so far away mm. or you're going to be crushed to death. I hate it. I hate I hate the crowds of that size terrify me.
1: Do you don't do you hate concerts? Do you not like going I, to concerts?
0: I like going to concerts if I'm guaranteed to have a chair, and nobody hassles me about the fact that I am going to stand there with no look on my face at all and enjoy the music that's happening. I'm mm. not going to scream. I'm not going to dance. I'm not going to sing along. I'm going to placidly absorb the experience. Mm. And sometimes I've gone to concerts with people and they're like, I think Mike hated it. And I was like, no, it was fucking amazing. I just, this is how I, this is how I, this is how I interact with this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I want to have a seat where like I can actually see them, study them, hear them well, because it's like it's not making me deaf, but I can still get all of the nuance of all of the music. And that's just so hard to do. Like major big concert venues are just this intense. I, I don't know. It's hard for me to like thoroughly enjoy that the way that I want to.
1: Man, I would say one of the worst things that you can do is t- like tell a person like you look like you're having a miserable time. Yeah. Like th- because if it's true, then pointing it out is not helpful. It's just right. going to make them more self-conscious about the fact that they're it's very visible. And if it's not true, then you're saying basically like you look like shit. Like there's no good out there's no good outcome of saying that to someone.
0: Yep. Yep. I agree yeah
1: so i don't know i think that i am reminded of adele saying what does beyonce have to do to get album of the year and i think beyonce just always kind of gets second place in things and it's hard to explain that with anything other than racism but i don't uh, i don't know but Yeah. yeah yeah I yeah. think her concert is as big. I don't know. Surely there's actual numbers that could tell me what's true or not. But her her concert, at least among the gays, seems to be an even bigger deal.
0: Yeah. And again, if you fill every single seat in the biggest place that exists in a city, I
1: you're a rock star.
0: Great. Good work. You yeah. know. I, I know. <laughs> yeah. What, how, do you
1: care about concerts? Concert size? No. No. I mean, it's. I. And would be less likely to, if everyone's seeking out some kind of concert like this, I'd be less likely to go like, I'm, I'm not going to dole out hundreds and hundreds of dollars to go to a concert. So I think I would be more likely the one time I did try to get like the day the tickets came out, refresh the page and try to get tickets was to Kesha a while Mm. ago. And I didn't. I didn't get the tickets. So that was the one time I, I tried her or I might like, uh, yeah. So maybe uh, as I'm talking, I'm talking myself into maybe for certain people, I would care enough about them, but I don't care enough about Beyonce or Taylor Swift to try to, you know, dole out a hundred dollars. I might care about Kesha enough. I might care about Tavlo enough. Um, I might care. I've gone to a Britney concert, but it was a little bit more reasonable back in back, back in my day. Um, yeah. It wasn't as, it wasn't this insane. So, I yeah, don't know. it is
0: wild to me how expensive shit is. Like, I like yeah. just, like, don't you, don't you have like a car payment or, yeah, like, yeah, circuit and, parties to pay for?
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't you have three day circuit parties that you got to pay for?
0: Yeah. What else do you have? Well, I wanted to talk to you about that lesbian mayor. Okay. Houston had a lesbian mayor, Kyle. Yeah. Do you remember her name?
1: Fuck, Ann something.
0: Anise Parker.
1: Anise <laughs> I got the first two letters of her name, right? You did so good. I'm so proud of you. Can I tell you what I remember of this?
0: Yes. I want you to tell me what you remember.
1: She got elected and my dad said that he thought that she tricked people into voting <laughs> for her and then came out after that. So he was a little bit he was critical of the fact that she like after elected Talk, talked about being a lesbian. My point back to him was if she had talked about being a lesbian during the course of the campaign, you would have criticized her for talking about being gay. And why is that relevant to being an elected official? But like there, there's no good option for her to um for her election. And plus she was out and got elected a second time. So it clearly, clearly people liked her enough. So I, I think Some of my dad's inherent biases against gay people kind of shined through when when her election happened.
0: Well, so there's some problems there with your dad's (laughs) perception. Right. In that she was at the time she did not come out after the election. She was out. Right. like the, the the New York Times the morning after the election there was a runoff there nobody got the majority of the votes needed on actual election day in 2009 it we went to a special election on December 11th and uh, uh the New York Times said Houston is largest city to elect openly gay mayor like so the 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 idea that she was like on the DL until after the election is just just, just is incorrect yeah and even if even if even if she uh, had had tricked everybody into not knowing she was a lesbian. Somehow, she was re-elected in 2011. She was re-elected in 2013. <laughs> like th- that's a fool you thrice. Shame on your mom. Or yeah, something. exactly. Like, like <laughs> shame on God or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. No, she was. um She and her her wife Kathy Hubbard have been together since 1990. Um, they got married in 2014, so it maybe, maybe because she wasn't married. That's uh, anyway. They have uh, a couple of adopted children and lives in East Montrose, which that's that's where the gays are. Mm-hmm. But uh, in in June of 2020, Queerty named her among the 50 heroes leading the nation toward equality, acceptance, and dignity for all people. Oh no way! Yeah, uh, and I know that you lived in Seattle when all of this was going down because uh she was elected in 2009 you already lived here yep but uh i was wondering if you remember the crazy shit that went down with the houston equal rights ordinance
1: Mm -mm.
0: okay so in 2014 she wrote a um ordinance called the houston equal rights ordinance and it among other things guaranteed that there would be no discrimination against people in housing and occupation for uh, in the city of Houston based on sexual orientation or gender identity.
1: And as a reminder to people that is needed because we don't have nationwide protection against these kinds of things, which is uh, just horrifying and so backwards, but that's why individual States or cities need to do this kind of shit.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Well, so, so she wrote this hero ordinance, the Houston equal rights ordinance, and it passed the Houston city council 11 to six.
1: I do remember this. Yeah. Yeah. There was like a lot of discussion about like trans women in bathrooms that people were like fear mongering
0: hero became known to some people as the bathroom law because the ordinance in part protected quote transgender residents ability to use the restroom consistent with their gender expression regardless of their biological sex now i i I mean this is almost 10 years ago and like the the landscape has changed so dramatically and quickly in in the space of trans rights i think even though 2014 doesn't feel like that long ago this was early this was like an early example so uh, then people were, people were mad, big mad, and started this opposition thing, and they started gathering signatures to add a ballot measure to the November of 2014 uh, ballot for that election to repeal the ordinance. Uh, city law required 17,296 valid signatures from registered Houston voters for a veto referendum petition, um, basically forcing it uh, on, onto the ballot. Opponents of Hero presented about 50,000 signatures to the Houston city secretary's office on the 3rd of July, 2014. So then this is, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this, Kyle. Hmm. Uh, the the city then, again, with this you know, lesbian mayor whose bill it was that they were trying to veto, looked at the signatures and said, no, there's not enough valid signatures so they needed 17,000 they turned in 50,000 and they still found technical problems Petition sheets that were not signed by the signature gatherer responsible for them which invalidated the entire sheet um they really like made sure that every i was dotted and every t was crossed and if it wasn't they threw those signatures out and so then the city announced that they were 2,000 signatures short it would not appear on the ballot and that's like yeah,
1: what? What's wrong? I'm, with that?
0: I'm 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 torn. Like like I guess you. Know, this is first. Congratulations. This is what Republicans would do. So like I'm I'm sure. really I'm really happy that like we're we're leveraging some of the the horse shit uh, <laughs> to win, like playing to win. You know, because Democrats usually don't don't do that. But also, I kind of fundamentally believe in democracy and. If, if, if these signatures were being thrown out on technicalities and not like wholesale being invented, like if there really were 50,000 people that thought that they were signing this thing and they are actual registered voters and their signatures weren't being counted, not because of anything wrong with them or their signature, but because we were being like extra with the compliance stuff. I, I'm, I'm against that. Like Mm. I, that, that that makes me feel icky.
1: No, you're not. You're it, when it was in Florida and they were doing like a, the drag queen show that mom Ashley Rose did. It, what is what is it called? Malicious compliance or something? Malicious
0: compliance. Sure. This is yeah. one of those
1: malicious compliance kind of things like you didn't follow all the rules to the T. And so we're going to get this kicked out however we can. I love it.
0: hmm. Well, um, so a bunch of pastors then got together and said that this was clearly retribution against Christian people. Oh, and, God. Christians
1: uh, always have to step in front of things that aren't being hurled at them and be like, this is, an a- this is attacking me and my rights. Like, no one was talking about you. No one well, cares
0: about you. They filed a civil rights lawsuit against Mayor Parker and uh, the Houston city attorney. And basically, the judge decided in April on April 17th that the opponents of the ordinance had not gathered enough valid signatures. Uh, so then, that went to the Texas Supreme Court, and the court granted the petition and ruled that the Houston City Council should have honored the city secretary's initial signature count and must either repeal the ordinance or include it on the ballot. They included it on the ballot, and. Uh, By a margin of 61 to 39, uh, it was it was rejected and the Houston Equal Rights Ordinance was overturned.
1: Hmm.
0: Ultimately, um, Mayor Parker left office and uh, focused instead on working for nonprofit organizations in Houston. Uh, She became senior vice president and chief strategy officer for community development nonprofit named Baker Ripley. Uh, she is CEO and president of the LGBTQ victory fund and leadership Institute. She's a professor at the door Institute for new leaders at rice and is on the advisory board of the Houston zoo, the Montrose counseling center. She just is like just a rock star private citizen now wow. doing all kinds of advocacy work and, and, um, uh, still very active in, in the space of gay rights. But I can't help but think that like this whole horse shit, really just like dampened her spirit and she's like well fine fuck being mayor then i'm gonna go i'm gonna go be awesome where i don't have to deal with dickbag fuckface assholes getting in my way
1: (laughs) are we doing including houston citizens as a nominee for dickbag fuckface assholes (laughs) nah okay okay maybe not right before our
0: tour (laughs) i will hold judgment to after we go
1: okay yeah we'll go and see for ourselves
0: yeah if Alexis and his giant dick aren't still at Tony's corner pocket, then yes, immediately mm. shut it down.
1: Have you talked about him enough that people know who that is, who you're referring to?
0: <laughs> well, somebody like one of our, one of our listeners on Discord sent me pictures of him. So, like, yes, I have.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, gotcha. Man, she's one of those people that makes me feel like I'm just such a terrible person for not doing anything. I'm not. Oh, yeah. I'm not on the board of anything. I'm not helping any. Counseling center. I'm not do. I don't know. Yeah. Oh well.
0: You're doing this gay ass podcast though.
1: That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty gay.
0: Yep. Yeah. Anyway, Houston had a lesbian mayor and reelected her, and that says to me maybe d- good. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. they 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 did bad things for her trans bathroom bill. So yeah. maybe bad. I don't know. The jury is out. Kyle.
1: Mixed reviews so far. I'm going to tell you about the murder of Paul Broussard. Okay. So this is 1991. Okay. And Paul Broussard was, uh, it was 2 a.m. Paul Broussard was in a parking lot with two friends in Montrose, which as you mentioned is the gay neighborhood in Houston. And uh, he was allegedly intoxicated. You know, presumably this was like a, after a night out, 10 people ages ranged 15 to 22 who were also allegedly intoxicated on uh, both alcohol and on drugs. Uh,
0: definitely intoxicated.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Including weed and LSD. They, 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 there were these 10 friends that apparently tried to go out in Montrose and were refused entry to a couple clubs, but they were driving in their car. They, uh, pulled into the parking lot, asked Paul and his, and his two friends for directions and then got out and attacked Paul and his friends. Oh, God. Including with fists, with steel-toed boots, with mm. bear claws. And uh, one of them had a small pocket knife.
0: Wait, like those like donut pastry things? Bear claws? Threw
1: donuts right at his face. <laughs> no.
0: Sorry, he died. I shouldn't make light of it.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's what we well, do on
0: this podcast. It was over 30 years ago, so, you know.
1: We've had some time
0: um, It's not too soon.
1: <laughs> Paul's f- two friends got away, but Paul was beat up. He was nearly unconscious. The 10 friends then drove away. EMS arrived on the scene in the morning. Paul, apparently they were going to go to a hospital that was about eight minutes away, but Paul asked to go to a different hospital and they agreed. So it turned into a 40 minute ambulance ride, which mm. like, I don't know why they it's confusing as to why they wouldn't have based on the injury said, no, you're going to the closest hospital.
0: Yeah. Go to the, go to the close one. Yeah.
1: Um, and then according to the Wikipedia page, it said, quote, it was another hour before a doctor could be located who was willing to address Broussard's wounds.
0: Because HIV.
1: That's the implication here is that because of Mm. HIV AIDS, that, that to work on a gay patient, you know doc they had to find a doctor that was willing to do that paul later died of internal injuries
0: oh god
1: so then a houston gay rights advocate ray hill apparently started looking into this and and figured out that police were not investigating this at all so okay. He then organized. He talked to the media. Um, he, he planned the largest, according to Wikipedia, the largest gay rights protest in the city's history. <laughs> Eventually, uh, because of his efforts, all 10 of the friends were arrested. All 10 plea bargained. And n- this never went to trial because there were plea Jesus. bargains for all of them. Right. Jesus. Some got probation. Others got 15 anywhere uh, for others. They got anywhere from 15 to 45 years in prison, depending on who it was. The guy with a knife, I think, got some of the heaviest um, prison time. A filmmaker, Alison Armstrong, was doing a different documentary for other reasons and then just started looking into this case. Um, So the film uh, that she released was called The Guy with the Knife. Uh, what she uncovered is that there is a pattern of delaying responding to the gay community in Montrose by Houston first responders. Hmm. Apparently at the time there was a saying that if you get hurt in Montrose, get your car and drive to someplace else and then call nine one one.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's wild.
1: Yeah. So eventually I forget maybe because of this film, a medical examiner revised Paul's cause of death to include a delay in treatment.
0: Oh wow! Okay,
1: so that's at least good that it was added as a reason for his death. But yeah, that's the murder of Paul Broussard. Apparently, you know, presumably because it's a gay city, the first responders wouldn't respond to gay people, and doctors might not work on people because of their fear of HIV/AIDS.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we've 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 seen before like other examples of the cops don't investigate or they just kind of like half-ass investigate something because no big loss is just a gay. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really, that's really shitty. Like I was thinking about that. Uh, we talked about those, that murder in, in Australia, the guy off that got pushed off the cliff. Oh yeah. And the the police were just like, you know, half-ass paying attention.
1: Yeah. It's someone that they have to deem worthy enough or something. Like I think you see, if you see people as less than equal humans, you care less about their lives, which is a horrifying idea that police wouldn't care about everyone equally, but they're humans yeah. that have biases.
0: And and I, I, I imagine like a lot of gayborhoods have had similar dynamics. Just that's how history goes. But, also that has become like that's by reputation or whatever yeah. neighborhoods of color just because they're visually different also get different levels of you know service from their local governments because of this effect it's just horrible yeah,
1: absolutely yep absolutely
0: well great i feel like we just shit on houston for like an hour and a half kyle
1: um, Houston is a strong, vibrant, humid city that, <laughs> that is, <laughs> it would love to be your home if you're considering living there. Um I
0: did read that by some measures, Houston is the most racially diverse city in the country. Oh, no way. Yeah.
1: I didn't read that. Um, they got the Texans, which go football. So excited about that. They got the Rockets. They're a little bit past their heyday, but. Who am I to judge? Um you know. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know what else to say about Houston. No, Houston is a big city.
0: <laughs> and that's what I wanted to say about it. And we're going there. Buy your tickets.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh did we do it? We talked about Houston.
1: We have talked about
0: Houston a bunch. Okay. Should we should we take a break?
1: Yeah, let's take a break. <laughs> let's take a break. Each town. Ew. <laughs>
0: Part where Mike and Kyle take a break. Sorry, we back. We're back. We're back. We're gonna do our gays and stratus. We're gonna do our gays and stratus, But first, hey, you sons of bitches! Hey, first you pissed me off so bad, I'm <gasps> canceling San Francisco.
1: Oh,
0: I'm um, fuck it. We're not gonna do it.
1: Oh, that's not true. Well, no, it is true. But
0: <laughs> it is it is true. We're not we're not gonna go to San Francisco this year. We'll figure it out for next year. Uh, shit's just too hard. Yeah.
1: Yeah, sorry about San Francisco. We haven't been able to, we've been trying and haven't been able to find a time that worked for the rescheduling. So we apologize to everyone. Um, You were refunded, so you should already have your money back. But um, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to make it out next year.
0: Yep, yep. Now, the only way you can make it up to me is to come to the Houston show. (laughs) Buy your tickets. Sunday, October 15th. So in less than two weeks, at Kiki in Montrose, at noon, go to gayishpodcast.com slash live and get your tickets, you assholes. Please. <laughs> contact info? Yeah, all right. Our website's gayishpodcast.com.
1: Our social media is at Gayish podcast, or you can see all of our contact info at our Discord server or our Facebook group at Gaishpodcast.com slash contact.
0: Our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails, is 5855-GAYISH. That's five eight five five four two nine four seven four. Standard rate supply.
1: Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com.
0: And our physical mailing address for Derek's birthday presents is post office <laughs> box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. Gayest and straightest? Okay, let's do our gayest and straightest. And I hap- I'm happy to go first. Okay. So the gayest thing about me this week is I was on a phone call, a, a Zoom meeting, a, a meeting at work with my boss's boss's boss. Wow. And that's when I realized that over my right shoulder in the camera was a gigantic crocheted penis. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think it was blurred enough. I don't think anybody saw it or got caught, but I definitely had to like put it down.
1: <laughs> Did you do that surreptitiously enough that you don't think they saw?
0: <laughs> I, I I clicked I I clicked the um. I turned the camera off. Oh, <laughs> and, and then moved it. Yeah, uh, that was amazing. Thanks again for those, Rudy. They're they're fantastic. Thanks, Rudy. Uh, and then the straightest thing about me this week is uh, in the hour and fifteen minute long lift ride from Boston Logan Airport out here to the goddamn suburbs for work in Burlington. I got a car guy was my lift driver. Oh no. He wanted to talk about that car on the road. And he wanted to talk about this car. And then he wanted to talk about the noise that his brakes were making. And then he wanted to ask me all about my Jeep. It was just like, Oh my God. Car shit is so straight.
1: (laughs) A hundred percent. That's a lot. (laughs) Also, that's a lot of talking to have to deal with for, with your lift driver.
0: Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, you know me, I I'll talk to a lift driver. Like, especially if they like, you know, want to do the talking first that's you know i'll i'll manage it i'll handle it but that doesn't mean i like it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i would definitely have preferred to just like l- i'm reading about houston's lesbian mayor sir i'm getting <laughs> ready for the show i need you to shut up <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't care about the squeaking noise your brakes are making
0: yep yep how about you
1: my gayest is you and i went out um and then after we went to a bar i went to another bar alone I went to CeCe's and had a couple drinks on my own. I'm proud of you. you. Yeah, it was stressful and I sat at the bar, had drinks. Someone came up and talked to me a little bit and uh, so I talked to another human being. (laughs) Not on my doing, but on their doing. Um, And so, yeah, I I felt good about myself that I took that risk and went to a bar alone.
0: That's really great. Like I, 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 we've, we've talked about it before. I I went through this period of like intentionally forcing myself to do that for personal growth reasons or whatever. And it is hard. It's really hard. It's not an easy thing to do. And like, so that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, my straightest is you and I doing a double high five. I think why was it because (laughs) was it celebrating? I'm getting, I have a new job
0: you have a new job hooray i didn't know if you were going to talk about it or not Congrats. oh yeah
1: yeah thanks yeah i need to sign the paperwork but i'm finally after a long long time i have a new job i think we are high-fiving over my new job so uh that's my straightest
0: it seems as good of a reason as any to double high five
1: yep exactly and i think you said after we did you said straightest
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yep. i wrote it down <laughs> Uh, We have a listener's Gaius Astratus. Like I've said before, y'all, if you leave us a voicemail with your Gaius Astratus, it's probably going to get played. Uh, This one's from Paul Donovan. (laughs) I just (laughs) fucked up. up. My my mouth is so tired. Paul Donovan.
2: Hey Mike, hey Kyle, it's Paul Donovan from the UK, uh, calling about the recent episode on uh, Kylie Minogue and the mentions of neighbors which are triggering for any Gen X Brit. This Uh, show was originally a daytime soap opera and the BBC was forced to put on an evening uh, broadcast because so many teenagers were bunking off school to watch the lunchtime showing. And it triggered for me a straightest and a gayest. Uh, The straightest thing was that it wasn't until I listened to the podcast that I realised that Kylie sang Padam Padam. I thought it was the guy who did Gangnam Style. My gayest was as soon as you started talking about the Neighbors bit, I immediately remembered the skinny-dipping scene involving Guy Pierce and Jason Donovan, something deeply etched in my memory as part of my gay awakening. Thanks for everything you do, guys. Cheers.
1: And <laughs> you did not think Padam Padam was Gangham Style Guy. That's, <laughs> that's hilarious.
0: Yeah, oh I actually would one of my fears about skinny dipping is that somebody would take the clothes away so oh yeah yeah. uh okay that's it that's it i think so thanks to everyone in houston that doesn't suck
1: yeah thanks to all the lgbt houstonians while you are a smaller percentage than other cities you are a mighty group and we salute you on this day
0: I don't know. Um come well. come to the show, come to the show in Houston in your town, y'all. And we uh, we're, we're going to be talking about like our our actual topic is like a secret as always because that's live show tradition, but we're working together with uh the people that put on glue, that's uh gear, leather uniforms and etc. um and they have Glue Weekend the weekend after we're there. So we're sort of kicking it off in 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 a way. Um and so Come come, find out which of those letters we're going to talk about.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I also want to thank the following Super Gap Bridgers. Thank you to Kit Oliver, Andrew Bugby, William Bryant, Christopher M., John Crowley, Stephen Porch, Stosol Harry Shaw, Josh Copeland, Jonathan Montañez, Wadu, Forrest Nail, Patrick Martin, James Barrow, Steve Douglas, Explosive Lasagna, Michael Cubbington, Just Jamie, Kevin Henderson, Th- Thomas B., Timothy Sora, Dusty Sands, A.E. Coleman, Chris Cajetorians, and Jerome York. Thank you so much for
0: your support. Thanks for your money. That's it. (laughs) This has been Gayish from the Chris Ketchatorian Studios. I'm Mike Johnson.
1: I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you.
0: See you next week. See you next week.
1: Where were you in 1991?
0: Uh, i was living in zilla fucking washington
1: great um so pick picture it sicily 1991